0: You are listening to ACPN. Emerald City Video, this is Russ. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? (sighs) Hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. This is an employee pick episode, uh, which is basically one person picking a movie that they know to be great and, and talking about why rather than doing a real serious deconstructive review. Uh, I'm Russ Berlingame, and uh, this is my pick. And with me today is... Uh, Zach Roberts. Um, I also would pick this as well. So it's a, it's a double pick. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. But yeah, we're going to be talking about Gross Point Blank, which uh, is, is thematically apt. Because yesterday was the tw- was my uh, my twentieth high school reunion. Oh God! <laughs> I did not get to go because uh, I- I- I'm broke. <laughs> 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 I've been doing so much traveling lately, and my work owes me so much money that it was just a matter of like I can't afford to pay a hundred bucks for me and my wife to go do the open bar, and then an extra whatever it would cost to get babysitters, and yeah. it was just you know. I, I would have liked to, but there was just no way between the practical, like getting childcare and the financial, like dropping 200 bucks to go have dinner with people. I haven't seen since our 10 year reunion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and also,
1: I also feel like I didn't go to my 10 year and I probably won't go to my 20. Um, mainly because i'm like i'm friends with all of the people that i'd ever want to talk to in my graduating class <laughs> like,
0: yeah i mean i i like i had that period or, of they're, my life. or they're an ex yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: i had that oh, period so uh, let me add as well like I, I i still consider myself friends with
0: my with my ex
1: from high school that's so uh,
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean i i had that period of time where like i had a super jealous girlfriend and so i i like removed some of the like female friends from high school off of my Facebook because we hardly ever talked and it was just mm-hmm. another person for that ex to be agitated about. Yeah. And so there are people who I, I don't keep in touch with on social media that I would like to just like shoot the shit with. But in general, it was just one of those things where it wasn't gonna work. Uh, and I, I, I'm I glad that I didn't RSVP yes and prepay two months ago, uh-huh. like I had originally planned. Yeah. Because so many of the work trips, you know, out of the three that I did in the span of 10 days, two of them were last minute. And so originally I was like, yeah, I'll come back from New York Comic Con. I'll have a week to relax and then I'll I'll do this thing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then between... The exhaustion of all the travel and the cost of all the travel and everything else, it was just like, you come back after three trips in a row and you're just like, no, I don't, I can't, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I decided that my way of recognizing my, uh, recognizing my high school reunion as a thing that, that happened would be to look at one of the great, probably the great high school reunion movie ever made, uh, which would be Gross Point Blank. And for anybody who doesn't know, Gross Point Blank is a 1997 movie starring John Cusack, directed by, uh, I believe, Steve Pink and uh, George, no, Armitage, George Armitage. George Armitage. That's right. Pink and D. Vicentes wrote the script, right? The uh, along who... with, it's it's one of
1: those films that has uh, like four people on it: Tom yeah. um, Steve
0: Pink, and D. V. Vicentes or whatever. Uh, and John Cusack. Thank you, yeah. uh, and Cusack, yeah. And Pink, DeVicentis, and Cusack would team up for uh, High Fidelity in 1999 as well. Yep. Yep. But uh, if you haven't seen it, the conceit of it is that John Cusack plays a hitman who comes back to his hometown of Gross Point, Michigan for his 10-year high school reunion <laughs> and essentially rekindles his high school romance, which he abandoned because he was having essentially, psych, essentially a psychotic episode where he he was thinking about how nice it would be to kill people, and okay. so he joined the military and then the CIA and now he's a private contractor, yep. rather than trying to form a normal life while having these urges. <laughs> and he also once killed the president of Paraguay with a with a spoon. Yes. With a, yes. No, a fork. A fork. Right. Yeah. It's
1: a fork. A fork.
0: Yeah. Oh. I think so. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> But yeah, it's a it's a a dark comedy, and the while he is essentially deciding that he wants to get out of the life of being a hitman, uh, he is being chased by other hitmen because he rebuffed their offer to join a hitman union, uh, <laughs> which which has offended them. Yes. Uh, um, uh, the the main yeah, bad guy just, in the movie is Dan Aykroyd, who uh, yes. probably. I mean, I got to say, outside of Ghostbusters, Blues Brothers, maybe The Great Outdoors, I don't know that I've seen another, like, a a better performance from Aykroyd.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, I mean, obviously, he's been in a lot of really good movies, but in terms of just his, and this movie really showed off his range because he got to go from the glad handling, ha, 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 popcorn guy to, uh, you know, turning a 180 on a dime and threatening to murder uh yeah Uh, he uh um he plays a really good
1: uh it's surprising when you got he's almost always the lovable side either a lovable sidekick or you know just in general like he's hard to dislike in films in whether it be you know whether it's like us or whatever um and and this film he's He's still hard to dislike, but um, because it's Dan Aykroyd at the end of the day, but he's a really good, um, it's hard to say whether he's a, he is the villain in this
0: film. He's yeah. not necessarily villainous, I guess, um, in a way. Yeah, he's he's the antagonist. Uh, and, and he's the only antagonist who's really competent. You have this thing where there's a couple of federal agents that essentially Aykroyd has sicked on Martin Blank, John Cusack, yeah. Uh, because Martin has rebuffed his offer. And at no point do the agents present any kind of actual danger to Martin because they're just incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't remember who the other guy is. One of them is uh, Hank Azaria, who of course is the voice of a bunch of Simpsons characters. He was in Cradle Rock and uh, America's Sweethearts and the Birdcage and all that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, probably – I know that, like, high school reunions are like a trope that everybody has has done, like a high school reunion episode of television, and there's a bunch of these movies. Uh, I haven't rewatched Romy and Michelle's high school reunion in a really long time. <laughs> yeah. uh, but other than uh, – I think this and there's an episode of Psych where they do a high school reunion are my kind of – Uh, the the things that I would go to in terms of if you want to see this trope done right. uh, And again, I use trope in it's like dictionary style where it's like a lot of people, they say tropes or tropey and and the implication, whether it's stated or not, is that like, that's a bad thing. Uh, For me, it's like, no, tropes are just like common storytelling things that can be bad, especially if misused or overused. But in this instance, I literally just mean this is a, a, a sort of story or a, a storytelling, you know, device that gets used a lot. Uh, but this uh, mini driver is great as his uh, as his love interest. I think honestly, this is my favorite performance by her. I know that she's done other stuff, including obviously uh, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, but this again like because of the fact that this is a a dark comedy but it has a a real heart to it this movie asks a lot from her like she has to be believable both as like this person who breaks down and goes into hysterics when she sees the love of her life murdering a guy and also be a light enough breezy enough character that when they do the thing where she's essentially playing airplane on him, <laughs> that it's not totally absurd. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also not
1: be, cause I mean, it's obviously the gross point blank. It's basically a, a joke. Uh, you know, it's a thing on, a, yeah. a, on his name. Uh, uh, so she's definitely obviously the, the, at least the co-star, if not like a secondary or third tertiary yeah. character, but she very much, she owns every kind of every screen moment she has. And, um, and also, I mean, obviously this is a com- combination of the story and, and the writing in general uh, allows her to be a more than just a character that, uh, that carries, carries Cusa, uh, carries Martin Blank from being a bad guy to a good guy. Right. Um, like sh- you feel like I could possibly watch a TV show or something about like that would at least carry her, you know, she would be in more than just one episode or, you know, yeah, like she wouldn't yeah. just be that random, the random woman, which is always a problem in, in, in films like uh, I'm trying to. Hello. Um, and uh, she does a hell of a lot more than that in, in this role. So,
0: yeah, uh... I'm just going to interject in case. I know that sometimes I don't hear things, but Google will still record it. Uh, but you you cut out at essentially movies like I'm trying to think, and then there was a long pause. Uh, so I, I will say we're having some technical issues born of the fact that we're in upstate New York and, and the first snow was today. Mm-hmm. And so everything is kind of janky. So yeah. if, uh, if there are bits that cut out, yeah. uh, I'm probably going to do only minimal editing on this. And, uh, and so if it cuts out, I apologize for that, but we're not gonna, uh, yes. we're not gonna be able to go do too, too much about it because it's just the reality of living in the part of the country that we live in right yes, now. We
1: live in the 1920s with spectrum, uh, yeah. uh Netflix, so yeah.
0: Yeah. but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's entirely appropriate that we're flashing <laughs> back to 1997 right now because <laughs> when the internet actually was slower, but more reliable. Um, <laughs> so but yeah, I mean, uh, I think one of the things that has not aged quite as well is, uh, is Jeremy Pivens performance just because he's such a, like he is, it's very one note. Like it, it was definitely entertaining, Yeah. but when you stack him up against Cusack and, uh, and driver, it doesn't, it's not as strong. Uh, yeah, it, it basically he's the best friend from high school who he sees Martin, and when Martin tells him in no uncertain terms, this is who I am and what I do now. Uh, he doesn't believe him, but he's just like, cool. This is, this is your story. Neat. Yeah. And just kind of rolls with it. Yeah. 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 Which is kind of a recurring joke because the same thing happens with uh, same thing happens with Minnie drivers character, but I feel like she sells the genuine surprise when it happens better. <laughs> like, because I, 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 yeah, I think that Piven Potentially believes him more and
1: thinks it's okay, as opposed to Mini Mini Driver's character thinks that it's it's a genuine joke, um, or also he just genuinely he's you know he continu- he brings it back to himself in that weird in the self depreciating way, but yeah. he also almost he kind of takes that the more that traditional like girlfriend or female character role that Mini Driver isn't. Um yeah. So when when it comes to kind of delivering him from literally driving him from one place to another, which sets up other parts of the story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, and again, like I, certainly, I thought Piven was was fine in this movie. It was just it, that character hasn't aged as well because he's he's very one note. And like you watch it now, and it's like you, I was really impressed rewatching it how deep Mini Driver's character is mm-hmm. relative to a lot of other kind of girlfriend characters you would see in this kind of movie in 1997. Yeah. Whereas Jeremy Piven, like the best thing that you can say about him is that it was like a, a true bromance where the guy, <laughs> like he just asked no questions. It's like, oh, you need help getting rid of the body? Awesome, I'm there for you. Yeah. Uh, and and like there's certainly value to that, but they didn't play it with the heart that most of the rest of the movie did. Yeah, uh, I, I think he's also um he's 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 one of the few characters that
1: is more of a character of there's this combination of I think that with Piven I think Piven's Piven hasn't really changed too much. Yeah, <laughs> like you go through and like um oh god what was the um
0: rock and rolla Kind oh, of yeah. plays the still still plays the same character. Yeah, um, it's like you can you can track his character in PCU. Yeah, through yeah this, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Through Honorage, through like
1: <laughs> and and it's not and like so his character in this film feels more from that time than mm-hmm. say, you know, any of the other ones. That's um, that's
0: probably a good observation. Like these yeah. a lot of these characters feel timeless because other than the overt references to the 80s, there it doesn't really there's nothing <laughs> well, that needs to be other,
1: other than well actually I mean we we should note Minnie Driver's character is a radio show host who plays yes. records. Um <laughs> like actually puts on records on on it. And has random guests, I guess, I guess occasionally. Um, yeah. <laughs> so she's a DJ that actually, you know, DJs.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So
1: I, I guess that...
0: <laughs> yeah, it's hard, it's hard to know. Like, I, I don't know when that would have gone out. I feel like it was anachronistic by the time the movie came out. Oh, but,
1: yeah, it definitely was. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: but again, it was intended to be like a small town where basically... There was like my understanding is it's basically like this is the town where there's like one local radio station and everything else is probably like K-Rock being piped in from 30 miles down the road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which, of course, is not how gross point is at all. But that's a whole other thing. (laughs) Um, I I, uh, one of the things I should mention, because it amused me at the time, uh, I watched this on a on a plane like three or four years ago on my way to Comic Con one year. And uh, when I did the interview with the cast of The Walking Dead, I was doing like a round table with I think three people, yeah. and it was Michael Cudlitz and uh, Lauren Cohen, and I can't remember who the third person was. It may have been uh, Denai Guerrera who plays Michonne, but uh, I, I mentioned to Cudlitz, I was like, you know, I was I on the way here, I watched. Gross Point Blank, and I totally did not realize until this time through that it was you. Uh, He plays the uh, the red haired like jock guy. The oh yeah 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 the
1: the poet the poet
0: yes the poet. Uh, And I'm blanking on the name of his character. His name his his character has a funny name too. Um, But uh, I, I pointed that out to him at the round table for the walking dead and like yeah. lauren cohen turns around him and she's like you were in gross point blank <laughs> <laughs> uh, and i have that audio but it's on an uh, uh, it's on an audio player that for some reason i can't seem to extract anything from it comes out as just static so you'll have to take my word for it otherwise i would have dropped that sound in just just right now here uh but sadly i'm, blanking, definitely...
1: I'm blanking on what is the the joke is about but bo- it's bo- Bobby Beamer,
0: yeah. Oh, Bobby Beamer. Oh, yeah. It's a BMW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right?
1: Oh, Detroit. Yeah, huh? that's, 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 yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was a. <laughs> but and that was, I think, the thing was that uh, they, they make an overt reference to the fact that, like, what kind of asshole like owns a, <laughs> a BMW dealership in a, in Detroit? Yeah. And uh, Jeremy Piven's character is like, well, you know, now that now that there's no fucking cars being made here, nobody seems to care anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he actually says that in dialogue, but it's I, I, yeah, it's I, it's that, uh, that the implication yeah. I always got from the fact that people have stopped caring about the BMW thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, like that's a byproduct of the movie being made in the 90s and the fact that it was basically between 1985 and 92 when uh, GM was essentially pulling out of that part of Michigan and leaving towns like Flint as lifeless husks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, this this uh, this is a movie too that I think has a a deceptively clever, like the action beats of it are deceptively clever. Yeah, uh, some of the the some of the fight sequences are really well done. The final kind of big shootout is really well done. Yeah, uh, and including uh, like the there's one joke in there. I won't I won't spoil like every inch of it but there's one one joke in there where like somebody enters the room and immediately dies and then uh dan Aykroyd turns to john cusack and makes a a great quip <laughs> um, and then uh and, and there's like a, a plot twist in the third act and again i'm protecting spoilers for a 20 something year old movie just because i'm like yeah this is my employee pick you should you should watch if you haven't seen this you need to watch it now yeah. Like this is a great film, yeah. Uh, but there's a the 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 like the twist that really sets up the final the final sh- shootout is really masterful. Like it's it's really one of those things where you're like this this makes sense, but I wouldn't have seen it coming. Uh, and and so it, it it gives you a really good kind of. I think a lot of movies like this skimp on like being an actually good like action movie because they know that the action is just there as kind of a delivery device for the comedy so that you have something in the trailer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like you look at the whole nine yards, which is a movie I really like, but yeah. the action stuff is nothing. Like it's a non-entity. Yeah. Uh, whereas. well, I mean, it's re- a, yeah. I mean, it, there's a, i'm trying to like
1: this comes out i'm mean, i trying to this yeah this definitely came out there's a whole kind of it's smart people talking and being funny and some action kind of genre (laughs) like yeah obviously that's not it's not really a thing but like it kind of i don't know if it like actually like kind of came out of pulp fiction um but just being like two years two days in the valley there's um there's 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 a ton of other films that are like that 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 aren't you know all that memorable yeah um, yeah have
0: like plot lines going on and I, know, it probably I mean, didn't i mean god when did they make get shorty i feel like it probably came yeah. out of get shorty more than yeah. it came out of pulp fiction well i mean it, i think that
1: i think that like Paul, there's pulp fiction and get shorty came out of that and and like it it was this hollywoodization evolution which i feel like uh gross point blank was very much um kind of almost a satire on it to an extent. I mean, yeah. very not, not really, but like everyone's relatively self-aware in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, like you almost feel as though that like, if they actually had a turn to camera, you could do that. It would almost get away with it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and there's a handful of moments kind of like that, um, that, you know, because again, like this part in the film is, ex- is outside of maybe Bobby Beamer is yeah. very, very smart. Yeah, <laughs> like and very very witty and it comes off um it comes off relatively naturally yeah. um and it do, so it doesn't necessarily come off as as tarantino as a lot of the other ones are where you're like yeah i don't really believe that this actor or actress or person yeah. or whatever who is it and it's like oh they're gonna give this amazing soliloquy about you know i i as as much as i still enjoy pulp fiction i don't i just it kind of gets tired when you know um, Sam Jackson's character will, you know, cite Bible references and and be, you know, and give these amazing speeches. And you're like, yeah, um, you know, people who are just random hitmen or or have like a backstory can be smart. But like everyone here is just like, yeah, no, they're,
0: they're all, they come off as smart
1: people. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it makes sense. And then, and again, like you're, you are talking about like people who like, People who all grew up in Gross Point at a time when there was economic prosperity there. So yeah, exactly. Not- yeah. Well, I mean,
1: I, I think there's still economic prosperity in Gross Point. Well, yeah, yeah,
0: because
1: <laughs> it's where it Gross Point, by the way, um, is basically where all the CEOs from Detroit and whatever uh, would live um, yeah. and have their mansions, uh, yeah. which, which is something that, like, I actually this is it's one of those weird films. That I'm like, I actually think I actually no, I knew about that because of uh, Michael Moore. Um, So actually I didn't have to learn anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird how documentary
0: film and narrative film uh, somehow yeah. end up educating themselves. <laughs> uh, speaking of which at some point in the very near future, apparently Michael Moore is bringing TV nation to TBS. So yes. uh, should be fun. We, I, I feel like that's very, very soon because uh, it says, yeah, it premieres in October. So I should, I should like, try to figure out this (laughs) but uh that was that was a great show uh it's not quite as good as his other show tv nation or uh, his other show Uh, the awful truth uh yeah yeah uh which was basically the same thing but a little bit less daily show ish yeah but uh i'm i'm very excited to see how tv nation plays uh in in during the trump administration and that's another thing that uh, if you want to go with the the reunion slash flashback theme tv nation originally ran in the 90s and you you could have watched tv nation and then gone and rented uh gross point blank from blockbuster probably (laughs) true but uh uh yeah but yeah that's uh, and that's certainly a thing that uh that's certainly a thing that that it's hard to avoid here, especially with somebody who's as class conscious and politically conscious as John Cusack is the fact that yeah. he is setting a movie in Detroit. Yeah. you know, And again, like you feel the echoes of the kind of economic collapse of urban Detroit throughout this movie. Yeah. And it's happening in a post Michael Moore kind of version of Hollywood where everybody knows what was going on in this part of Michigan at this time. Uh, but uh, I mean, especially when you consider that there's the,
1: um, there's the what is hammers home. <laughs> the uh uh the politics and everything like that of the of uh of gross point blank which are would super super light in this film um but war inc is is basically martin blank and yeah kind of the yeah. near future yeah um and um and so he
0: you know it's like gross point blank <laughs> in the world of the dark knight returns where you have yeah, like yeah. The hologram president and the like all kinds of uh <laughs> Which, uh, of course, was written by uh, Jeremy something or other, uh, the guy who wrote Bullworth. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you said that because I I, I I... lost like 40 seconds of what you were saying.
1: Yeah. But... (laughs) Yeah, but uh, no, I did not. Um, but yeah, but uh, that that film is not as it's it's fun war Inc., uh If you uh, it's fun if you kind of step out of it a little bit, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, because again, like it was it wasn't advertised obviously in any way, shape, and form as a as a sequel. Um, but it uh, you, anyone who saw Gross Point Blank, you're yeah. like, oh, it's John Cusack, he's playing a hitman, he's wearing all black, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) And 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 I believe that Cusack gave interviews at the time where he said this is the closest thing you're ever going to get to a gross point blank sequel because it it treads a lot of the same themes, but it was a very it was a surrealist world. It was it was a it's like a near future dystopia, Uh, and and it's a movie that's really discomforting for a lot of reasons, Uh, and some of them are some of them make it for a better film, and some of it necessarily don't. you know, uh but I that was the movie where God, what's the girl? Um
1: she oh. played Lizzie
0: McGuire. Uh yeah. <laughs> and it for, kind of
1: is she the one that kind of lost her mind. Um
0: the no, and as far as I know, she never did. She's one of okay. those two, There's a, um, I mean I could be wrong because I don't pay no, attention. I don't Duff? Is Hillary Duff. Hilary Duff, there you go, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Hillary Duff, Lizzie uh, McGuire, one of those I people who me. I'm like, I, 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 literally never gave her a second thought because she was just yeah. Lizzie McGuire and it's like, that, that's fine, but it's not for me. Uh, but she yeah. was, she was the standout in that. Actually, I would say she was more impressive than Cusack in War Inc. Uh, yeah, just yeah. because with well. Cusack, he was doing Cusack and <laughs> yeah, like yeah. It, there's nothing wrong with that yeah, by yeah. Any stretch. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas with her, it was like, it really blew the doors <laughs> off of like what you would expect from Hillary. I don't Trump.
1: know. There was also Joan Cusack who was also being Joan Cusack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in yeah. a fantastic way though. Kind of like, like Joan Cusack kind of turned it up to, I mean, Joan Cusack in gross point blank is for some of the film for her, like little parts that she's in. She's kind of at a, at least a 10. Of yeah. Joan oh yeah. Yeah. And then in uh, in in uh, uh, War Inc, she's at like a fourteen.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would say like a good thirty percent of the cast of War Inc is at a fourteen the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Certainly, yeah. Ben Kingsley is yep. just non. <laughs> like he, they, they probably spent at least two thirds of their budget just replacing the scenery he was chewing. yes yep
1: (laughs) was very terrible for his digestive track um but yeah but it's i I think it's i think it's worth watching at least once Um, oh yeah absolutely
0: and you know um, and and you can find it for dirt cheap now i'm sure if you if you actually like if you want to buy a dvd of war Inc, i guarantee you can like go on ebay and find one used for a penny plus shipping (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah it sadly did not uh do that, do that well which yeah no, no, uh, it, it's, well, it's one of the
1: yeah it's one of those films that i think came too late within the yeah uh, it was within the bush administration
0: yeah so it was like an indictment of, of the bush administration but it came post katrina when everybody already hated bush and so yeah. it didn't it, it didn't generate any kind of controversy or buzz
1: oh thank, thanks thanks uh, imdb i type in war inc and for some reason it brought me over to uh infinity war <laughs> because I guess that
0: yeah no no it's it's almost the same thing Ben Kingsley was in the Marvel universe so
1: or ink was actually 2008 so people were officially done oh yeah yeah Wow, I forgot it was that late in
0: that actually um, makes sense because if you remember you and I went to see did did you and I go to see it at the Lionsgate screening room when we were working for Greg because I know that we got yes, invited. yeah
1: yeah 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 because again yeah we we chatted with the writer um yeah who told us a bunch of stuff about the making of the film.
0: And I think I lived in, I lived in New York from March of 2008 to March of 2009. So you figure it would have had to be sometime in that window. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Marissa Torme is very good in it. It's one of the first, I think I would actually kind of put it almost as a, I'd have to look at her like timeline. thing. But For me, I would put it as back as in the thing. Oh my God. A she's back. A she's, she can act uh like yeah. well, because I mean I think the last time I really thought about her at all was um My cousin oh Vinny. My, my cousin and uh then Academy Award winning my
0: cousin Vinny. That is true, that is true. <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah that <laughs> one oh, and that's then, because she did the wrestler
1: the same was, year. That's what I was like, gonna say. Yeah, the wrestler really came in around yeah, the same yeah, time.
0: Yeah. Um which, yeah, again, would have been that same time, because I remember that was the year that um, The Wrestler and Gran Torino both yeah. uh, surprised <laughs> everybody by getting nominated for nothing. Yeah. Uh, because they were the kind of movies where you're just like, of course this is going to get nominated <laughs> for no, Oh, huh. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But, uh, which is funny because probably out of 2008, the two movies that everybody kind of looks back on and still talks about a lot are Gran Torino and The Dark Knight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, I mean, getting back to *Gross Point Blank*, this is this is one of those those movies that, and it, it to me, it's it's a comfort food movie. Uh, I I I made reference at the beginning of the episode to that episode of *Psych*, which was like a John Hughes yeah. homage that was their high school reunion episode, and this feels like *Psych* or *Scrubs* or one of those shows in kind of the best way, in the sense that like it it can be kind of brain candy without being really dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so it's the kind of thing that like this and zero effect are movies that I can just kind of put on in the background, no matter what's going on in my life. Yeah. And you can pay as much or as little attention to it as you want, and you'll still enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, I would say if you haven't seen it before, uh, you know, drop what you're doing right now and like, go watch <laughs> it. Cause it's a great movie. And, uh, it, it, first time through pay attention to it because there are. Like I said, there's 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 a little bit of a twist and there's a payoff to that. And again, it's not like it's not the kind of movie where if I spoiled the twist, you would be like, "Oh my god, now it's now it's ruined." But it yeah. it, it is kind of like when you are dealing with like it's Hitman and it's blah 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 blah. It's like okay, there, there was a nice payoff for something they've been kind of laying the groundwork for all movie, and you didn't realize at the time that it was supposed to pay off. You just thought it was a thing they were doing as a running gag. <laughs> yeah,
1: and and, uh, and now all the characters are relatively. All the characters are relatively straightforward and uh, as as people. Yeah, uh, they're not like you know. I mean, so which is which is also really nice. Um, and like everyone actually kind of the one thing I think I like the most about this film is everyone actually acts human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I mean, uh I mean the the absolute positive ending is like, I'm not quite sure, 100 percent sure that would happen that way. But yeah, um, but everyone else in the film, like the way that Minnie Driver reacts when she finds out that like the guy that left her basically yeah. uh home alone at on prom and never picked her up, like comes back and she, you know, she's she doesn't directly say, you know, fuck off or anything like right, that. Yeah. She like, mocks him live on TV or live on radio for a bit. Yeah. Um, and then, like once she finds out that he's a he's a hitman, then kind of acts in that way too. yeah, yeah <laughs> the only the only person that doesn't i don't I don't know. um um, I don't know Russ, if i if you came by, it, it, it well it wouldn't be both of ours high school year and we're one year huh. off. And I had stabbed somebody in the throat with a pen <laughs> um, And they were bleeding Bleeding on the floor Would you help me wrap it, wrap them up in a banner? <laughs> yeah, probably uh, <laughs> uh, So it's just like that's kind of the only moment In the entire film that's like I'm not 100% sure that that Even Jeremy Piven's character yeah, yeah. Would help him cover up, for, cover up him. And then also what they do with the body I'm not 100% sure but <laughs> Yeah yeah
0: That was one of those, it's funny because that's where I'm just like, that seems like a terrible place to, and they, they do have like a throwaway line of dialogue where John Cusack's just like, it's fine. Nobody's going to be looking for this guy. Uh, But uh, I I think one thing that, uh, again, speaking to how much I loved uh, both the way she was written and the performance in this movie, uh, because of all the things that we, we, did or didn't spoil the thing that we've said like six times now is that Mini Driver does eventually find out uh, that he's a hitman, but in that scene where he's like trying to get her to calm down and trying to whatever, there's this fantastic, fantastic line read by Driver where she's just like, "You don't get to have me," and uh, I, I, I the, the way she enunciates it, I almost feel like it's a byproduct of her trying to hide her accent because obviously this is one of her earliest movies where she had to have an american accent but whatever the circumstance was the end result was that that line read really really works for the line
1: (laughs) sorry you cut out for a second there so i wasn't quite sure what the line was you're talking about (laughs) you don't
0: get to have me oh yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, which i'm not doing justice to in any way shape or form partly because like i i wouldn't be able to Uh, so why try, but, uh, but yeah, this is a movie where, uh, definitely, uh, not, not to mix my imagery too much, but definitely top five John Cusack movies, uh, of all time. And, and certainly this was a stretch of time where Cusack did a bunch of stuff back to back that was just great, uh. I, I would even throw something like seren, uh, serendipity in there, where it was just like it's a it's a dopey movie and a dopey idea, but like it was so well executed. It's the yeah. kind of movie that on, at Christmas time I tend to like to, to like pop that in.
1: Yeah, for for that type specifically, that kind of like romance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah, I, it's one of my it's one that I actually if it's on TV. I'm like, uh yeah. I, I, mean, I'm like that with most John Cusack movies. Um, yeah, some some exceptions lately. Um, but um, we need to get John
0: some good, better scripts. Um, we, yeah, we we gotta look at uh, we gotta look at Adult World. On yes, the show at some I, point I, that, they that shot I that. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but they shot it here. Uh, and actually over the next few days, I'm going to, uh, I, I would love for you to come out to the house one of these days and, and join me for at least one or two of these. But, uh, yeah. between now and Halloween, I'm going to look at some of those Syracuse horror movies. Oh, uh, sweet. yeah. even if it's just like me yammering into a mic for 10 minutes at a time and then giving people a link to go buy it. Yeah. Uh, Cause I feel like I have nine of them. There's 10 days till Halloween. I should be able to do at least like three of these between now and then. And, uh, and to like finally start working through the stuff that uh, that gentleman gave us at Comic Con like six months yeah. ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> True.
0: Yeah. So. the The one thing uh,
1: that it should be noted that uh, I think makes this film, um, and again, this is like a, one of those reasons why I'm like, it's kind of like it has that, it very much has a uh, pulp fiction inspired sort of mm-hmm. kind of feel to it. Is is the soundtrack, oh, uh, yeah. which. Dear, I mean, this is like I'm not. It's still available or what? They actually had a two soundtrack set. Um, there's actually two different CDs that were yeah. released. Um, not two different, like Volume One, Volume Two, uh, because Joe Strummer of the Clash actually produced the soundtrack. Yes. Um, and did he score
0: this movie? I know he used to score movies sometimes.
1: I don't know if he scored. I know. I don't he, think that he did, he did the but... soundtrack. I don't think he did. I don't remember. It's been a little while since I've I've actually seen Gross Point. I don't remember a score. Um like because most it actually used the music in a in fully. It wasn't just like, oh, there's background music or there's whatever. And most of the scenes I remember are like, you know, actually just using actually do I, I yeah,
0: have yeah. A, pop music soundtrack anywhere near me. Um yeah, yeah, pop yeah, pop music. I, I, and, I just googled flash. it and it does say that he scored it in a couple of these news articles, but of course they're news articles and not. So yeah, I, I, the only, the only time
1: I've ever heard, um, I think it was cute. I think it was talked about it or something like that. He said that he produced the soundtrack. He said Mm -hmm. it that way. So yeah, I I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, but, uh, it is not only valuable to buy the soundtrack because it's
0: fucking great. Just like how same way or was it high fidelity that he produced
1: or was it both no Um, i think
0: it was it was definitely this one because there was a clash song at one point in this movie rudy can't fail was in this movie yeah and uh i remember that being like a point of conversation at the time that like oh look like they they got a clash movie in there finally three quarters of the way through yeah but um but that it really
1: it solidly makes the film (laughs) yeah oh yeah I, I think i don't know and 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 it's and it the great thing about it is due to the fact a it's the high school reunion of an era um it's not a it's not in the tarantino way where he's just like this song is great for this moment never yeah, mind the yeah. fact that it's we're having a, a sword fight in a in a in a backyard of a, of a dojo or something yeah, yeah. and this rock song is gonna be on like yes it's a great scene but it makes no sense shape and form. Right. Um, But uh, in this film, it's like, Oh, it's actually music that they would have been listening to at the reunion. um,
0: And also just the fact that they set up Debbie as being the DJ means that like, there's a re like, and, and because he's like quasi stalking her because while he's like ginning (laughs) up the the courage to, uh, to talk to her, you do have this additional kind of layer of, he is constantly listening to her show. Yeah. So, there's a reason to have it's a, a diegetic music, you know, it's like yeah, yeah. it's music that's happening in the movie. Uh, yeah, uh, see what I did there. <laughs> I, I used a film term, <laughs>
1: yes, you used a big word. <laughs> the one you know, the thing I love too about it, it, like, if, if you're a big fan of this film, spend some time going in the IMDb page. And, um, I one thing I'd love to talk to John Cusack at some point is. Um, he's like Tim Robbins, um, and that let like John Cusack, Tim Robbins, like that kind of crew. Um, they're all in their films together so often. thing, and beyond, even Jeremy Piven and, and John Cusack, just because they're they were at least actual friends. I think they're still acquaintances. I know they had a falling out and everything. Yeah. Especially once Jeremy Piven kind of had a nervous break in a nervous breakdown in, in real life a while. Uh, but, uh, but like just randomly picked on the actor Brian Powell Husky Man, listed as Husky man <laughs> and he's he is uh he's uh like you go through what you know IMDb does what he's known for and you're like blank okay Ton air. uh he's a crew man uh, just a crew person in there and he's uh, the mi- he's oh my god he's the middle-aged customer in high fidelity high fidelity yeah I was going to say I'm oh looking my at this god. guy yeah that's where i actually recognize him from and also he's crew on a uh, dead man walking which is you know oh uh, yeah or, uh, yeah
0: robbins's
1: susan's ran whatever robbins and and, and also, bob roberts as a uh, he also was in cradle rock as well um and so he was also in scrubs he played mr hogan um i so
0: don't know who that, that is but I don't know I'm just saying
1: I'm sure it's just a uh, patient
0: in, in the hospital but yeah it's it uh,
1: But it but it is it is funny because I mean it's just like everybody know, else has like,
0: names and he's just
1: well here. I was just thinking it was just like it's it's to me uh it's a nice thing that like you're like well like they bring they bring people over from other oh, films yeah. and other things so clearly they have their own kind of like little world that they oh, yeah. that they work in which is it goes to the kind of like, I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that everything like seems to work well. And, and they, they kind of, uh, you know, I don't know. It goes to the fact that I'm like, I'm happy that I like these people because obviously they, if they wouldn't be working together, if they were all ass, you know, like John Cusack was a fucking asshole, uh, which I can tell you totally. And honestly, he is not, um, one of my friends is friends with him. Um, but, um, uh, but, uh, he, but like no one would, would be along with it, you know, would go along with, yeah. the, you know, being in the next film and the
0: next film, or whatever. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up, there is something yeah. that we have not talked about that. I feel like we absolutely must, which is, uh, Martin's relationship with Dr. Oatman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's Dr. Oatman, uh, Alan Arkin is is just a gem in this movie and i feel yes. like a lot of the time when the movie starts to get very wrapped up in the more serious elements and the dra- and the dramatic elements you can cut back to dr oatman for a good laugh and typically the dr oatman scenes need to last 90 seconds or less just out of necessity yeah so it's a nice kind of thing for them to kind of bounce back into the the black comedy of it all uh Try basically not to kill anybody. yeah huh yeah yeah and that's basically <laughs> Martin has this relationship with his psychiatrist where uh, he when he eventually when he came out to his psychiatrist as a hitman, the guy didn't want to treat him anymore. And then uh, uh, Martin basically intimated that he would uh, kill the guy's family if he didn't continue to treat him. And so he's this this guy who's like Martin's shrink under duress uh, and it's like, it's, it's just, it's a great kind of zany dynamic. Uh, and, and it's funny because in the first, in the first bit of it, you get the thing where, uh, uh, Marcella, uh, Joan Cusack's character desperately wants Martin to go to his high school reunion and yeah. Martin doesn't want to go. Yeah. And then Alan, he, he basically asks Dr. Oatman to be the deciding vote for all intents and purposes. Yeah. And so it becomes that thing of like the guy doesn't even care, but he's just like, yes, go get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Try not to kill anybody. Yeah. And, and the like, and of course the, the response to that, which is always is I can't promise anything. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, um, you know, and, and it's funny. First off, the, uh, the cinematographer was actually the cinematographer on uh, Jay and silent Bob strike back. Oh, nice. Um, which um, it, it's it's funny because like one thing that this film is again it's obviously it's a night it's uh, it's a 90s film it's 1997 yeah but it's 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 again like we've been t- kind of talking about this with Clear and present Danger and a couple other films but like it's a solidly it's there's nothing amazingly fancy with this they did yeah. there's no Bayhem and there's no amazing cinematography angles but like there's never a moment where I question. That I that I at least can think of that I question the shot that it looks bad that I don't understand why things are the way they are and and it's weird because again like I don't there's not a lot of films out that that are like that like I feel like nowadays especially nowadays it's one or the other it's like what the fuck is going on with like. I, I you know if you can go back and listen to our venom review Venom yeah, uh, yeah. review about you know how we felt about that film um but uh I personally liked it um but yeah, uh, no I mean we both liked it
0: but Oh no, no no I know I just going I, I
1: knew I I knew <laughs> I was sounding like I didn't like it by no, if anyone no. had, had listened to it um but uh um I uh uh I there's so many shots in there where I'm like confused on some of the cinematography yeah um obviously I know that a lot of the CG and and I had a feeling it had if we ever get to see um, an AR an, uh, edit of it, then I think a lot thing a lot of things will make sense. Right. Um, but this film, it's just so like it's, you can watch, you can just watch the trailer to get a, get an idea of it. It's like, it's just so solidly shot and competently yeah. shot. And it, because it seems that like, I, I feel like if it was shot, if you had some, you know, amazing, Cinematographer, and again, not to say that he isn't an amazing cinematographer, but like said, some over the top, like auteur cinematographer. I don't know whether auteur works for cinematographers well, but um, but um, fancy ass cinematographer (laughs) um, who um, who would take away from kind of the dialogue and away from the the acting and the snippy and the you know the jokes and things like that, and the and the amazing amount of like, especially the amazing (laughs) amount of like quotables in this film, uh, oh, yeah. which again, yeah. it's, which is hard to say whether it's an amazing or not, or it's just the fact that it was like a different. also think somewhere, somewhere there is a script that CS Muncy and I wrote, um, <laughs> which was based, not just based, not just based, but basically ripped from gross point blank, which was about a, a paparazzi uh, photojournalist, a f- photographer who was coming to terms who went back for his high school. I think, he, no, he didn't actually, we actually didn't do the high school reunion thing, but he he was coming to terms with what a, a shit bag yeah. uh, paparazzi was and had a um, another paparazzi come in and say hey you should join our paparazzi union they nice. are gonna try to hike rights, and literally it's like we took blocks of dialogue and i remember us doing this because we would open up drew's scriptorama remember that yeah. website yeah. <laughs> we used to be able to get still can it's still there but you could like we literally would like copy and paste and then re basically do the kind of well we're not it's not <laughs> It's not taking it because we've changed the words yeah, just yeah. enough, like camera, gun, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, things like that. Yeah. And uh, um, and the funny thing, oh actually, no, it wasn't funny. Um, but uh, it was it was a bit sad. But so that was a uh, uh, CSNI's uh, final film project for um uh, Mr. Monoroso's class. Yeah um, and uh, <laughs> Uh, we we literally we wrote like a 20 page script or something like that um like had an idea of what we could actually film it yeah um and and then um and then uh i believe columbine happened and uh and so basically we're like okay so even though that this film doesn't necessarily have guns in it uh it is based off yeah film and whatever. And then what we did though, is then we ended up filming, doing a, uh, a film in the alpha, uh, which is a abandoned cement factory that I think we're all probably going to have a lung cancer in, in yeah. like 15 years. Uh, so probably we won't be going to our 30th reunion. <laughs> 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 like it will be like the 1999 graduating class to be like, well, there's like 20 people died <laughs> like of lung cancer. I wonder why um but we did a film where everyone fucking dies in the film yes. and it's actually considerably more brutal um if i if i remember i still i don't have a copy of it anymore
0: i don't think i do anymore unfortunately yeah it was definitely i mean it was it was very much the. it was like a tarantino thing. It was like everybody died including like the last two people shooting each other at the same time yeah yeah yeah.
1: i think the cameraman died too because it was a it was a rip on um man fights um, dog well, it was, well, I don't even know if it, I think it was more of a because I, I don't know if I had actually seen Man bites Dog by then. Oh no, I must have because I bought, I rented Man bites Dog at Chimneys. Yeah. So the fact that Chimneys, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it was a bit more of a oh, the found tape, the Blair Witch. Oh, Blair type Witch. Of thing. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Because it was everybody uh, was not Oh no, it was right before dawn. Was yes, just with everybody that looks like Satan and night vision. Right. Um, but
0: which was basically our like. Just confessional <laughs> tape of, like, us hanging around.
1: Yes, which, yeah. <laughs> I'm so bummed
0: that I don't know. where. I, I think that was in the box of stuff that I left in Sanders Cafe oh. and you put out to the curb.
1: I'm pretty sure I have that tape. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, sh-
0: we should make that a digital thing. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, th- which we I, can't I, possibly I, make available to people because...
1: I'm, like, very uncomfortable. Our, our former friends and loved ones yeah.
0: would would sue us, <laughs> yes. but, well, well, yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so that was, uh, and, and again, that goes to the uh, the high school reunion theme. <laughs> yeah. I, could, I could show it at my high school reunion, but. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah, well, cause every, everyone looks like Satan in Night Vision, cause nobody, literally nobody but us would have any reason to know what that is. Um, it was a video that we took at the Alpha uh the, at the top w- of one of the silos yeah at the top of one of the silos and i think it was it, it was the week after you guys graduated right yeah
1: yeah it was yeah
0: and so it was like it, it was basically a bunch of us getting together and being like okay this is one of the last times we're all going to be in the same place before we go off to college and get real lives yeah and it was there there was like 7 of us or something and yeah none of us had our significant others with us. And so a lot of it was like teenagers being like my relationships, all kinds of fucked up guys. Let's talk about that for a minute. (laughs) Yeah, true. True. Uh, And, and then we had one friend who had who had had a a death in the family and who was processing that in real time on film. Yeah. Yeah. Like six months before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it was, it was an interesting, uh, it was an interesting video. I haven't rewatched it since like, since I got, since I got brought into the, the police department. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause of course yes. We, yes. we decided yes. we would leave not the video itself, but we decided we, le- yeah. we would leave a bunch of crap like in a, a time capsule because yeah. we didn't realize that people st- that like security still scours the alpha three yeah. times a day because there's so many fucking kids screwing around in there. Yeah. And so I got like brought into the police station and I basically covered for everybody because for whatever reason, mine was the name that they pulled out of the hat. Yeah. Uh, and they were just like, so who else was there? And I'm like, oh, they all went off to college, man. It's really just me who's still around. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well thank you for I, I actually had nothing to do with the uh uh with that um yeah, yeah. I can actually I can actually honestly say it's not me trying to think I definitely trespassed the hell out of in that area um I never actually spray painted because that was one thing that actually passed me because I'm like god damn it I like coming here and yeah. hanging out yeah um no we
0: didn't we didn't do we that that night candles either like, and
1: everything like that everywhere
0: <laughs> we we didn't do that that night either uh yeah, and actually yeah. that was one of the things that uh Because we didn't do it that night, like, I don't know, at at, at 18, 19, 20 years old, I feel like I might have, like, I might have admitted it if I had actually done that, because I would have (laughs) been so scared of lying to the cops. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I I had not. And I just kind of conveniently omitted the fact that I knew some of the other people in our group had done that at previous visits. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Because I was just like, nope, we did not do that, and I have never been a party to any of that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that was a that was an interesting video. Uh, again, like uh, I, I haven't rewatched it. I'm sure it's pretty cringy, but it's it's a great <laughs> document of what was going on in our heads when we were all 18, 19 years old and about yeah. to set off to uh, conquer the world. Uh, we see how that turned out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I want to say about uh, Gross Point Blank before we wrap up. I feel like we've we've covered it pretty well. Uh, there's, it's a great movie where the kind of grounded humanity of the two main characters allows the wackiness of a lot of the other characters in the movie to really shine. Yeah, in a way that it. it it's kind of unique because most of the time the, the temptation on the part of comedy writers in particular is to make the, the main character the wackiest person there. Yeah. And uh, I think if, if, if Martin Blank had been as over the top as Oatman or yeah. as uh, Jeremy Piven's character, it wouldn't have worked. Oh no! No, like the reason that this works is because it, I mean, to take uh, like the sitcom example is is like this is the same basic chemistry as How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, where Ted might be boring at times, but the reason that he can stand as a main character for ten years is because he's more down to earth than all of the wacky people he surrounds himself with, and so he doesn't grate on you. Yeah. Over time, in the way that, like, if you tried to make a movie where Barney was your, or a, a a TV show where Barney was your point of view character, yeah, he might be the breakout hit, but make him the main character, and eventually people are going to want to kill you. Huh. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. If you have seen it, it's probably worth rewatching. And uh, if if somehow people from my graduating class have found their way here because I'm talking about reunions. 40 hours after our reunion. Uh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video podcast. I imagine that none of you have heard us before. Uh, and we are uh, we are people who used to work at Emerald City Video in Chimneys Plaza, and we talk about movies, and that's basically it. Uh, I'll, I'll have another episode tomorrow, uh, which is gonna be talking about TV, which is something we usually do not do, but uh, I've decided that, that that we're gonna expand our horizons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh Zach, where can people find you on the wide world of webs?
1: Uh you can follow me on uh Twitter at uh Z Roberts. Uh you can also uh uh <clears throat> find my work. Uh I also do a uh photojournalism podcast called Around the Lens and also a political podcast every
0: once in a while uh, on uh visu.news. And you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Russ Burlingame. And you can also follow the show at ECV underscore podcast on Twitter or the Emerald City video podcast on Facebook. If you go to my Twitter account, the Russ Burlingame account, you can find links to my work at comicbook.com where I'm a senior staff writer and I cover basically all of our DC comics and television stuff. You can find links to Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast, which is another show that I do, and some other fun stuff that I do, uh, most of which kind of happens whenever I get around to it. Emerald City Video is easily the most regularly published of the podcasts that I contribute to because uh, while it is sometimes difficult to get other people involved, Zach and I are usually up to talk about movies pretty much whenever. Yep, that is true. (laughs) So, uh Everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Podbean, on Spotify, or your podcatcher of choice. You can follow the show on social media, as I said above. And uh, always remember to please be kind, rewind your cassettes, and be back here by noon on the fifth day for more Emerald City video. C-C-P-N